Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Welcome to the Redemption's Table. I am sitting here today with Ryan O'Hara, and you are one of the founders of Big Spoon Creamery. Yeah, that's right. My wife and I, Jerry Martha, started Big Spoon Creamery in 2014. Welcome to Redemption's Table. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to eat some ice cream while you talk. <laughs> uh, I, I want to ask a question, kind of just kind of maybe an odd question to begin with, but why ice cream? And let me tell you where I'm, the, where I'm thinking there. Uh, I remember probably 40 years ago, I walked into a Mexican restaurant here in <laughs> Birmingham for the very first time, mm-hmm. tasted Mexican food. And I was, it was love at first bite. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you, you, you have a, uh, a moment like that, uh, you or Jerry Martha with ice cream, but why ice cream? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. We get that question sometimes. Um, so, um, you know, there's really a few reasons. Uh, but, um, my wife and I both, our career's background is in, as chefs in fine dining restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so um for us especially her you know her career has all been in as a pastry chef and so uh, for her she um has the background in you know desserts and pastries and ice cream and you know just all things sweet mm-hmm. um and so she certainly had the passion and the skills uh in the in that sort of you know medium uh for me i was also a chef but all in savory food and so um while i loved eating ice cream i had no real skill set for it, um, or at least had not gained that yet. Um, but I, you know, was really loved it and was passionate about food in general. And, um, you know, for me, I grew up um, spending most of my summers at my grandparents' house out in the country. And uh, pretty much after every meal, we would eat ice cream, whether milkshakes or bowls of ice cream. Sometimes it was, you know, the old school hand churn, mm-hmm. sometimes just, you know, store-bought stuff, but always loved ice cream. Um, and that's where the name Big Spoon comes from because uh, when I was a child in my grandparents' house when we'd have the ice cream, I'd always want to go for the biggest spoon in the drawer. So uh, <laughs> that's course. kind of a nod uh, to my childhood. Um, and then, you know, uh, for us, we just felt like um, ice cream was something we were passionate about and we felt like we had, um, you know, a gift for it and, um, you know, we wanted to share it. Well, you do an outstanding job. I, I've told you. I had some friends of mine, Tanner and Tori Harris, one night. We were celebrating birthday, and they, uh, they said, let's go to Big Spoon Creamery. Mm-hmm. We did. And I'm standing in line. I'm looking at the list. It's not a big list. And, yep. You know, I'm walking into an ice cream place. So I'm assuming vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, Neapolitan, you know, all the, all the standards. Mm-hmm. And I see there, and I saw, well, I saw mint chocolate. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do the mint chocolate because I like mint chocolate. Mm-hmm. 
and y'all use real mint. Yep. And that took me back. I don't know what <laughs> part of my childhood, but I had exposure, my taste buds did for quite some time with real mint. Yeah. I was like, whoa, it blew me away. It's totally unlike any other ice cream I've ever put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I broke away from that. I kept coming back after that. I, you know, I told you every Friday night I'm on my way out of Birmingham. Uh-huh. I will come by the, the Homewood uh, Creamery. Yep. And I've tried Honeysuckle mm-hmm. Blackberry. Yep. That blew me away. <laughs> and again, you, you've taken me back. There's a taste of the South there, but there's also a taste of my childhood there. Yeah. Honeysuckle, mint, those things. And mm-hmm. then the other night I walked in there and I saw lavender. And I thought, lavender, that sounds interesting. That's my safe word, interesting. (laughs) And I said, sure, I'll I'll try a spoon of it. And when I put it in my mouth, I was like, I was just blown away. (laughs) So uh, y'all do ice cream exceptionally well. Thank you. I'm a fan. I mean, I'm a a gushing fan. And I will continue to be because I understand y'all. I asked you a moment ago Mm -hmm. when we were setting up, I said, how many seasonal ice creams do you have? And uh, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, like I was mentioning before we started recording, you know, I, I don't really know the answer to that. It's just, it's always been sort of a fluid thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's got to be easily over 100, but uh, yeah, I don't really know the number. I guess we, at some point we ought to go back and, you know, record it somewhere. But uh, yeah, it's just always been a fluid thing. There's some that we know are sort of, you know, uh, you know, annual things that we always bring back. And there's some that have been one off and have never returned for one reason or another, but uh, yeah, we're always trying to innovate and create new ones, so we can just keep going. Yeah, I would like to look at that list sometime <laughs> just to see what my taste buds missed, yeah. especially the one-offs. So. I'm reading a book right now called The Artisan Soul. It's written by Erwin McManus. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. And last night, in the portion of the book I was reading, he, he talks about how he would sign his books with three simple words, and the words were dream, risk, create. Then he makes the statement, each reminds me of the reason most of us never go from dreaming to creating. It's an uncomfortable middle space called <laughs> risk. That's right. Respond to that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think everybody's got a dream, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so whether it's starting your own business or, you know, maybe it's just a personal dream, a family dream, whatever the case may be, I think we've all got big dreams um, but for like you mentioned for a lot of people that's all it ever is is a dream um, because it uh, they're usually big enough that it requires a lot of risk or a lot of work um, to make it a reality to create um, and so yeah I mean for us um, you know fortunately it was it was at a time in our lives where we didn't have a lot to risk mm-hmm. um, you know we had just we started the company three months after we got married um, and we felt like it was the time because we thought it'd get more complicated if we waited a little later when we have children and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so we thought, well, we're young, you know, we don't have children. Um, you know, if we fall flat on our face, you know, we can pick ourselves back up and, you know, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, we risked everything. Um, you know, my wife and I, when we <clears throat> started the company, we both left our jobs within a month of each other. You know, a lot of times for an entrepreneur, you know, if you're married, you may at least have your spouse's income to sort of fall back on. Mm-hmm. We did not have that luxury. We both uh, left our jobs and took the leap. And, you know, by that time, you know, like I mentioned, we had just gotten married. We just bought our first house, all those sort of things you do. Uh, we paid for our own wedding. We had no money in our savings account. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of put it all on the line and risked everything. And so, uh, but 
we made it. <laughs> As I read on your website, and that was another thing, when I, not only your ice cream, but when I got on your website and started reading some of the content there, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, this, there's a story here. But yeah. one of the things that's mentioned there, you started with $500 investment, <clears throat> and you started selling ice cream driver. That's right, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we have a pretty interesting story for how we got started. Um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, we had just gotten married, you know, paid for all those things and had no real money, no money saved up. And we were kind of feeling like we were ready to kind of start at least playing around with this ice cream idea. Um, you know, we'd been kind of mulling it over the entire time we'd been dating and then engaged and ultimately married. And, uh, but uh, we kind of thought it was like a further off down the road sort of dream. But, you know, we kind of started getting that itch after we started settling into married life and, um, but we weren't keen on the idea of taking on a mountain of debt at that mm-hmm. time. And so we thought, well, you know, let's maybe just start it really small. And, you know, maybe it'll be like a side project for a while. You know, we'll have some fun with it. And, you know, maybe eventually it'll grow into a business. And so we thought, well, we'll just set aside like $500 to kind of, you know, experiment a little bit and play around. And we'll kind of see what happens. And so we just thought, well, we'll just make some ice cream at our house and we'll just sell it. You know, in our driveway, it was basically like a glorified lemonade stand. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we did. And uh, you know, we really weren't thinking it was going to be much of anything. We thought, you know, we'll have some family and friends over. You know, we'll at least get some feedback on, you know, how they like the ice cream and that things of that nature. Well, you know, we ended up with a line down our driveway. Wow. Uh, you know, word started spreading quickly, and <laughs> of course, we sold out of ice cream. You know, we were fortunate enough to that. You know. Word spread and uh, an editor from Southern Living ended up there at that first driveway uh, pop up and she wrote an article about us. And so, uh, yeah, we started kind of getting attention a lot faster than we were prepared for. We did a few more of those driveway pop ups and, you know, we were just kind of gaining steam. And so we thought, okay, I guess we better get serious here. And that was the summer of 2014. Um, and we decided we would take sort of the next several months through fall and winter to kind of get our ducks in a row and get it all, you know, figure out how we're going to do this and we'll leave our jobs in the spring. And that's what we did. Wow. That's so, absolutely serendipitous. So yeah, Just, we, we took that initial $500 and we'd get the ice cream and supplies and, you know, all the things that we need and we'd sell the ice cream and then we'd take that money that we made and just sort of reinvest it and we did that for a long time. Wow. <laughs> what was the first flavor? We, I think we had three flavors that first day in the driveway. We had... Um, sweet corn blackberry, which is actually, we still do it. It's about to come back on our menu right now. Okay. We had, I think we had peach buttermilk, if I recall, which is also still okay. a perennial favorite. Um, there was one more. I can't remember what it is. I want to say, it was, this is one of the earliest flavors. I can't remember if it was the first. We did a cherry cola Ooh. ice cream. Yeah, we did a cherry cola ice cream. It was like a fresh Bing cherry sorbet swirled with like a Dr. Pepper ice cream it was pretty good wow wow i bet your neighbors love you <laughs> uh, but you're the favorite neighbor yeah, that's right uh, i think everybody thought we were crazy when uh we did when we did that back in 2014 but it worked out i think all the the truly inspired ideas begin with an element of crazy mm. I, I just do yeah i think most of the people that we told our co-workers at the time when we still had our full-time jobs and everybody else you know they were kind of like Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can see the you can see the, the yeah. cogs spinning, but but it's not coming up. Yeah, you know, there it is. so uh, I, I could sense a lot of doubt from the people around us, <laughs> but uh, we just felt really believed that we had something that could could really be a, a great thing, and you know, it has been. Yeah. No, ask this question. 
ice cream? <laughs> Uh, like in terms of like ice cream flavors? Yeah, yeah. Or you wake up inspired and say, wow, that would probably... Because again, you use elements like lavender. Uh -huh. I would never have guessed in a million <laughs> years to try or even to, to come up with a lavender yeah. ice cream. Definitely. Uh, my wife really does, Jerry Martha, she really comes up with most of our flavors, but it's certainly um, often a collaborative process. You know, we talk about mm -hmm. ideas, you know. Um, you know, they come from all over the place. You know, sometimes it's sort of, um, you know, hearkening back to mm -hmm. like childhood memories and favorite treats um, and kind of figuring out a way to transform that into an ice cream flavor or it's often, especially in summer when there's such a bountiful harvest, you know, just, you know, sort of taking what's in season, mm -hmm. like right now, blackberries and blueberries and peaches and, uh, you know, nectarines and, you know, strawberries, which are about to go out of season, uh, you know, fresh herbs and thinking like, okay, what can we do with this? You know, how can we make something delicious, but also sort of creative and innovative and uh, we'll just, you know, kick ideas around and, you know, there's, you know, we've made a hundred plus, but there's still a million of them that, you know, have never made it that far to getting made, you know, just, you know, written down somewhere in a notebook that, um, yeah, never quite made the cut. Yeah, I mean, this is so out of the box for me and my way of thinking to mm -hmm. take flowers and, and <clears throat> make ice cream from them. Mm -hmm. That that honeysuckle, I, yeah. I would did what every kid in the south does. You <laughs> That's know, right. Bite the end off and put you know suck the, the mm -hmm. juice out of that. Yeah. Uh, have you thought of? It? I'm sure I've already missed it. Is has something with mimosa coming to play? Um, it's prevalent here in the South. Yeah, we've never made it, but that's a good idea. So, yeah, we've actually never done that one. So that is a, that would be a good one to okay. try. <laughs> Jerry Martha comes up with that. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> this guy, weird guy who came here to one of the podcasts. Uh, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Impressionism art. And uh, to me, Big Spoon Creamery is to ice cream what Starry Starry Night is to uh, <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh. Well, that's a high compliment. Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. The other thought I had immediately is the first time I tasted the uh, mint chocolate, I thought if Jesus made ice cream, <laughs> it would taste like this. <laughs> really, really good. Uh, and I've already mentioned their taste that uh, take you back. Mm -hmm. uh, the mint for me, the honeysuckle, what takes you back? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think it's um, a lot of our summer flavors, you know, just like all the fresh fruit and those sort of things take me back a lot. For me, probably the biggest one is just milkshakes in general. Um, you know, uh, one of my, you know, sort of like cherished childhood memories around ice creams, you know, I mentioned uh, that. Uh, you know, I would spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house in the summer, and mm -hmm. after literally every meal, lunch, and dinner, we would have ice cream. And like, and sometimes it was a bowl of ice cream. Sometimes it was a milkshake. Most of the time, at least for me, it was a milkshake. Um, and my poor grandmother, uh, we had she had six grandkids. A lot of times, it was all six of us there at the same time. Um, you know, we didn't like her to make the milkshakes in the blender. We liked her to hand churn them. With the spoon, <laughs> um, and you know, my poor grandmother probably her arm was just worn out. But uh, yeah, we nice bicep. <laughs> yeah, but we um, yeah, just you know, milkshakes. I just drank them all the time as a kid, and um, so that always you know, I still love them, and that always sort of reminds me of uh, my childhood. Okay. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about the creative process and all the uh, just all the tremendous flavors. Mm -hmm. What y'all do, you and your wife? What y'all do also has heart. Yep. Uh, there's passion 
in this, and you can taste it. <clears throat> I read some of the takes from your website. And I'm quoting the website here. Uh, you said, it all started with a big dream to combine our love for ice cream and our love for people. Mm -hmm. That caught my attention. Because uh, you, you used the word dream, dream, risk, create. The next line, uh, we wanted to create an ice cream company that cared about making the best possible ice cream, but cared more about loving people and serving them well. And again, that caught my attention. And the last little thing that I read, though we do love ice cream, it's not the real reason we do what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, so three times there, I see that you know your company, uh, your dream was built on a love for people and a desire to use your gifts to impact others. That's another quote. From <clears throat> That's a lot of faith written in there. That has faith written all over yeah. it. And I haven't talked to you about this or asked the question, but mm -hmm. I, I just w wanted to ask, uh, tell, tell me a little bit about your faith journey, both yours and Jerry Martha's. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, um, you know, that's an interesting, <laughs> an interesting journey in itself. Um, for me, um, I did not grow up in a household where we went to church. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was just not a part of my childhood. My grandparents that I mentioned earlier uh, were really strong, you, you know, Christians and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, were founding members of their church and okay. um, just the most incredible, you know, people, grandparents you could ever imagine. Uh, but that's not the household I grew up in. Um, and so that just wasn't a part of my childhood in general. And so uh, I think I grew up with sort of a slanted, um, you know, maybe even bitterness towards mm -hmm religion as a whole, um, you know, probably went through a phase as a rebellious teenager in early 20s where I, you know, felt like maybe even I was an atheist, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I... Uh, and I totally get that. And so, um, I guess it was um, 2012, you know, my early 20s, I was, you know, really not a person you probably wanted to be around. I was rough, you know, um, you know drank more than I should, did a lot of things I shouldn't do, uh, did drugs, you know, you name it, I did it, uh, and probably wasn't very pleasant to be around, and so I was kind of spiraling, I was not in a good place in my life, and then the grandparents I mentioned, my grandfather passed away in 2012, I think it was February 2012, and uh, I remember this vivid moment at his funeral, uh, he had this, you know, a lot of times at funerals you have like the slideshow of, you know, pictures and memories from, you know, the person's life and, um, you know, I just remember watching his slideshow. He was a police officer at one point in his life. He was a firefighter. He helped found the church and was a deacon the entire, you know, time they were there. Wow. Uh, he uh, fought in Korea and uh, just did all this incredible stuff, was an amazing husband of over 50 years, you know, was an awesome granddad. And uh, I remember watching that and feeling like, what does my slideshow look like? Wow. And so at that point in my life, I was just felt like, well, if I, you know, if I died now, it would not look very good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I didn't know it yet, but at that point, I, you know, looking back, the Lord was really doing a work in me. Yes, sir. Um, it was later that year that Jerry Martha and I would start dating. Um, 
<clears throat> but uh, yeah, like during that time, you know, my heart was really changing a lot, um, and I was sort of going through a lot. And you know, after um, my granddad died, I would just, um, you know, he'd they'd been married. My grandmother had been married to him since she was seventeen. You know, fifty plus years, and so you know, I thought, and you know, they just went to church every Sunday. So now, mm-hmm. for the first time in her adult life, she was alone. And I thought, like, well, you know, I don't have a lot to offer, but you know, maybe I can just take her to church on Sundays. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even saved then, but I thought, well, it'll at least maybe she doesn't have to be alone on Sundays. I can go to church with her. But uh, yeah, I remember I would go, and I didn't even know why. I would just cry. I would just go, and I would cry, and uh, it was just, you know. I think the Lord working in me and you know working some things out yeah. and uh, but uh, anyway Jerry Martha and I started dating later that year thank God she started dating me because you know she was you know already involved in church an amazing woman and um, all those sort of things and uh, you know I was still a little rough around the edges yeah. um, but I started dating her and you know started going to church with her um, you know because I liked her and yes. so uh, but yeah, not uh, I guess not too long after we started dating, you know, just you know going to church with her and really the church we she was taking me to and the church we now attend uh, together. Um, I had never been to a church like that, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like you know it was life changing for me. And you know, so I got saved not long after we started dating, and, and my life has never been the same ever since. Wow. So well, uh, that heart that God has changed shines through something as simple although i don't think it's simple i think it's incredible but incredible yeah. and simple as, as your ice cream yeah and it's communicated and your message <clears throat> that you know loving people well um you know when we started big spoon we felt like um you know food industry as a whole kind of had just has a bad, little bit of a bad rap mm-hmm. uh, at least like sort of internal cultures of restaurants it's typically not great in most restaurants. It's um, you know tough work environments, not good culture, a lot of alcohol, drug abuse, you know, sexual harassment, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is pretty rampant in our industry, unfortunately. Um, and that's not every restaurant, but it's pretty common. Um, and so we thought, gosh, you know, like when we do our own thing, like I really want to do something that just is completely opposite mm-hmm. of anything like that. You know, there's just got to be a better way to do that. Um, and so. There was that wanting to sort of do things differently, um, but also um, you know the faith aspect. Um, you know we feel like every gift that you have, you know, should be used for a purpose. Right. You know, ice cream alone is really great, but if all it is is a scoop of ice cream, then what's it really for? Right. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, we feel like every gift that we have, for us, we feel like we're gifted in food, ice cream, hospitality, um, those sort of things. And so we feel like the gifts we have and everybody, the gifts that everybody has, um, you know, are really there to be leveraged for good. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we wanted to do. Uh, We wanted to take the gifts we have and use them to impact the people around us both uh, internally our own team uh, customers through you know our daily interactions with the people who we come in contact with and then on a larger level um, you know helping impact the community um, in a more significant way yeah you know I think I shared with you when I walked into your store here and talked to you about doing the podcast 
Uh, a key verse behind this podcast is from James 1.17. It says, Every good and perfect gift cometh from God above, from the Father of heavenly lights. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is so much goodness out there. I think a lot of times our news media or even our Facebook posts accentuate all the negativity. And there's, if that's what you're looking for, you can find it. <laughs> yeah. But there is so much good around us. Yeah. And uh, even... Uh, Again, I go back to a, a simple cup of ice cream done with creative flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be something that God can use to catch our attention and say, wait a minute, you know, start thinking about those good things. And of course, the ultimate expression of good is you know, through Christ, what Jesus does in our lives mm-hmm. and can do in our lives when we surrender our lives to Him. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of thought there was a story there, like I say, based <laughs> on what I read on the, on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, I've heard it said that when we create, we are most like our Creator. Mm-hmm. And also true, when we love, we are most like our Creator. When we serve, we are most like our Creator. Mm-hmm. And I even threw in, when we risk, we are most like our Creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, respond to that? Yeah, uh, I mean, for us, um, you know, like. It's mentioned, you know, some of the stuff you're reading off of our website. You know, for us, there's nothing more significant to us than service, mm-hmm. you know. And so we feel like, um, though the ice cream is obviously a central component here, um, you know, the serving of others is the most significant thing that we do. Um, whether that's, uh, you know, servant leadership, mm-hmm. uh, us serving our team and, you know, doing all we can for our own team. Or obviously serving our customers and you know really trying to that's something we pride ourselves on is you know really trying to go above and beyond just serving a soup of ice cream mm-hmm. um, and you know wanting even if it's just in a small way impacting somebody's day in a positive way mm-hmm. and so yeah that's um, central to what we do and so um, you know we think that's what we're called to do you know that's what we were put here to do is this yeah you feed a lot of people good dessert. What feeds your heart? What feeds your soul? Um, my team. Um, you know, like for me, like what is most, what I get the most sort of uh, satisfaction from or fulfillment from is just, uh, you know, helping our team, leading our team, um, you know, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, developing them, giving them. Uh, new opportunities and just getting them, uh, getting to see them grow, okay. getting to see them develop, and whether that's develop um, here and you know grow into a new role or a new opportunity, or whether that's you know developing here and moving on to you know the next chapter of their lives. Um, you know that's the most fulfilling thing for us is uh, leading our own team and um, you know seeing them do awesome and amazing things. Okay. Of course, you have your main place here at Avondale. It's mm-hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, for those who are listening to the podcast. You also have another one in Homewood. That's right. Are those the only two locations? That's it for now, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, any uh, plans or thoughts to continue to expand, or are you just going to kind of take that? Yeah, we um, yeah we do want to open some more. Um, you know, don't have a definite number or timeline on that, but uh, you know we definitely are interested in opening some more. So we'll see. Okay, I'm gonna play. A, I want to throw a word out at you. Play a little game here, and the idea I'm gonna give you a word, 
The challenge is to match that word to one of your ice cream flavors, or it doesn't have to be one of your ice cream flavors, <laughs> just an ice cream flavor. Winter. Uh, when I think of winter, I always think about uh, two flavors, peppermint straciatella, which we do right around Christmas, and, I'll be uh, back. <laughs> and bourbon eggnog, okay. uh, which mm. is a holiday favorite too. Wow, that sounds good. Spring. Uh, mint, our mint chip, okay. for sure. That's, that's like the quintessential spring flavor in my mind. Summer. Peach buttermilk. Peach yeah. buttermilk. Um, yeah, peach, especially in Alabama, peaches just you know signify summer to me. Chilton County peaches, you can't right. beat them. Yeah. yeah. Fall, autumn. Ooh, that one's tougher. I always think about caramel in fall, so I'd probably say salted caramel. That feels like, you know, sort of a uh, solid uh, fall flavor. See, I'm following this away because next time, you know, when I come <laughs> through this season, I'm going to be, all right, what's Ryan's choice here? Yeah. I'm gravitate toward that. Sunshine. Ooh, um, I don't know. That's a tougher one. Um, just reminds me of something, you know, vibrant, um, you know, maybe something uh, citrus. Uh, I would think of like lemons or maybe something orange um, would make me think of sunshine. Rain. I don't know why, but I went blueberry. <laughs> okay. Blues, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, rock and roll. Whew, um, we did a flavor called Rocky Ridge Road. Um, it's kind of our spin on Rocky Road, and for those not in Birmingham, there's a road here in Birmingham called Rocky Ridge Road, yeah. so that's our little kind of play on words. Uh, but yeah, so... In- impressionistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would go... We have this cult favorite here that's uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, so um, it's a little bit of impressionistic of the... Uh, Cereal cinnamon toast crunch, so and it's got a cult following. So okay, Birmingham. Ooh, um, that's tough. I don't know. Um, we should really think about a flavor that okay. is sort of like, you know, Birmingham reflective. But yeah, I don't know what that would, what that would be. That's like a a true Birmingham flavor. Maybe it'd have something to do with barbecue. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. Some sweet barbecue. Yeah. Hope. Oh, goodness. Um, I think about... Um, I'm, I'm just, for some reason, drawn to something like lighter and like uh, sort of herbal or that uh, sort of just has like a I guess maybe the reason I'm drawn to it is like those type flavors generally just have like a like a clean a, a clean flavor. It's like a very cleansing uh, type flavor on your palate. So again, like something like mint or basil. We do a basil ice cream in the mm. summer that's about to come out in a little while. Um, I love basil. Um, something along those lines um, yeah. just makes me, for some reason, makes me think of that. What about family? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm. I'm I, the first thing that comes to mind is just like things that are kids' favorites. So yeah. you know, something like cookies and cream. Uh, just you know that you know, I think anybody in the family can you know come to come to an agreement on. And probably this is synonymous with one of the ones I've already thrown out there. But the last one I will throw at you is Jesus. Hmm. If Jesus were an ice cream flavor, what would he be? Man, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's tough. Um, man, um, 
I guess I would say you this this might this answer might surprise me. I would say vanilla bean. I, it just makes me think of just like purity, cleanliness, yeah. just straightforward, pure, perfect. I like that. That makes me feel better about my ice cream choices when I was younger because they used to make fun of me for going into Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, uh-huh. and I would get vanilla because mm-hmm. I always loved vanilla. So You know, vanilla gets a bad rap because it's now become just synonymous with, you know, sort of boring or, you know, whatever. But, you know, vanilla being, you know, vanilla done right is, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and it's this unbelievable special you know, uh, just amazing bean that, you know, is only in certain parts of the world and somehow it's gotten this terrible rap <laughs> of, you know, this being this boring thing and it could not be more special and delicious and awesome. Yeah. It may be uh, because there's so much imitation vanilla That's out there. really what it is. There's so much bad vanilla yeah. out there and imitation and whatever uh, that it's gotten a bad rap, but real vanilla done right. Um, it's hard to beat. Used to live about 80 miles north of Mexico, the mm-hmm. Mexican border, and back before they, you know, it got difficult to go and get in and out of country. Uh, would go there and get pure vanilla extract. This was the mm-hmm. real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just totally, and to cook with it, uh, it was just totally unlike any, yeah. anything else. Amazing, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. That is cool. Um, without giving away any secrets or big reveals, what's on the horizon? Oh, goodness. Um, You know, we just, um, you know, after we opened the Homewood store, um, you know, we decided we would probably take like at least a year before we kind of took on the next project Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, the last several years have sort of been a whirlwind for us. You know, we started the first year with just a small little cart. We did that for a year. Um, Back then it was just Jerry, Martha, and I. And then we bought our truck. did you know went through a whole sort of you know getting that ready and renovating that and getting it up to where it needed to be and then we did that for about a year we grew our team that year to about 10 or 12 people and then the next year we uh, built out our Avondale storefront and opened it um, and then yeah then we the following year or we uh, or the next year we uh, had our son Carter so that <laughs> in itself was a whirlwind and then this past year we just uh, opened the Homewood location um, and so that was also quite a whirlwind. So, uh, if, yeah, it's, it's been like a crazy five years. It's been amazing. It's been an awesome journey. But we felt like we maybe want to take uh, at least like a year to kind of just feel like we can get our feet under us and, um, you know, figure out what we're doing here before we take on the next big challenge. But we do want to do some more storefronts. We've got some things in mind, but... Um, maybe wait a little bit on that but uh, yeah and we're always of course trying to innovate and mm-hmm. refine and get better at what we're currently doing uh, so so yeah that's that's kind of where we're at right now y'all probably have already thought about this but maybe uh, maybe a, a video project or something is as you introduce each new flavor or each flavor you have now right. to, to your son I mean there's something about when a child <laughs> tastes something for the first time that'd be fun uh, yeah because so, he's you know that'd be so cool watching mm-hmm. the new experience Well, blessings upon you and Jerry Martha and Mm -hmm. your family and your business. Uh, I love what you're doing. 
and you've got a regular customer here, <laughs> and I'm telling you, and if you are ever in the Birmingham area or you live in the Birmingham area, you need to check out Big Spoon Creamery. You'll be glad you did. You'll be thanking us uh, for steering you in that direction. It's amazing. So uh, usually our sign-off for those listening, and we're here every Monday morning with a brand-new podcast, but it's a Table of Redemption. Your party is now, or, or you know, Party of Redemption. I came up with this, and I can never remember it. <laughs> party of Redemption. Your table is now available. I think I want to change that, and I want you to say it if you don't mind. Party of Redemption. Your ice cream is now available. <laughs> would, would you would you go with that? Yeah, Party of Redemption. Your ice cream is now available. 